0: Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers.
1: Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints are taking on the Arizona Cardinals today at State Farm Stadium in Phoenix. It's Thursday, so that means you can catch it on Amazon Prime at 715 Central. For today's podcast, we're getting the full scoop on the Cardinals thanks to ESPN's NFL Nation reporter for the Arizona Cardinals, Josh Weinfuss. Let's size up the opponent. Josh, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. It's great to have somebody who really knows our next opponent. As you are the ESPN NFL Nation reporter for the Arizona Cardinals, how are you doing?
0: I am great. Thanks for having me on.
1: Definitely. We're happy to be in Phoenix. It was actually getting a little cold in New Orleans. So we're back We're back in the heat here, getting ready to play a little bit earlier game for us, I guess, considering it is a, a night game for everybody else watching. What is the latest as far as the Cardinals and where they're at in the season? They're coming off two losses, but mentally kind of what's the team's approach going into this short week?
0: Yeah, so before, make sure to bring a jacket, because the (laughs) roof will be open at the stadium. And it's a little cool here at night. Like, people don't understand. Like, sure, it's like 125,000 degrees in the summer. But, like, once we get into wintertime, like, it's a little chilly. So, just be prepared. Um, All right, so this team, like, how much time do we have? I guess it's a podcast, so we can talk for a long, long time. this team, (laughs) there's a ton to talk about with this team right now. Um, They are... There, are, it's basically, I mean, it comes down to their offense is essentially in crisis mode, and they are one or two losses away from being desperate, being in utter desperation. Uh, not, not much has gone right for this offense, and sure, they are getting DeAndre Hopkins back. So, that's you know, you could say that that's one reason why they haven't been playing well, but um, it's it's minor, right? Like Like, his absence really didn't affect what happened to this team the first six weeks. And they've scored three points in the first quarter all season. Um, and they came last week in Seattle. They just, they can't get going. And by time their backs are up against the wall and they are flush against the wall, it's, you know, middle, late third quarter, fourth quarter. And Kyla Murray has to try to pull a rabbit out of a hat, or in this case, a win out of a hat. And it's happened a couple of times, but for the most part, like, they just they cannot figure out what to do offensively. And Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach here, likes to put all the blame on himself. Um, Kyler Murray just said, you know, he said last week after we went to Seattle lost it, it's just tough. Like it's just very tough to play football right now for this team. They just nothing is going right. So the flip side of that is that the defense is playing pretty well, and that's mm-hmm. been kind of their saving grace this year so far. But I mean, for 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 this franchise in particular, there's so many eyes on the offense. Kyler Murray got his big contract extension this offseason Cliff Kingsbury got his contract extension this offseason he's an offensive minded coach they paired coach and quarterback together then they went out and got Hollywood Brown to pair receiver with uh, quarterback and Hollywood Brown's out now with a foot injury DeAndre Hopkins is back so this is the focus on the team will always be offense and the offense is struggling mightily at the moment
1: the offense seems like it's been trying to find its rhythm trying to find some chemistry you mentioned the first half they're last in the NFL and scoring in the first half, just under five points a game. Offensively, they're averaging about 19. So it's not not doing too terrible in the second half, but yeah, slow starts for sure. When you talk about Kyler Murray, his numbers across the board are down this year. Is it something that he's done differently? Or is it just because he doesn't have, I don't know, the chemistry or the players around him?
0: I don't necessarily think it's something that he's doing. I'm sure everyone listening is probably making the joke right now that he's not studying enough or he needs to go study right, more right. and stop playing video games. Like, there's this narrative that people created and that they will run with with Kyler. But to me, it's a matter of you kind of take away half the playbook when you're trailing so early, right? Like, mm-hmm. they can't get the run game going, which means they really can't get the passing game opened up as much as they want to. He's not getting out to run as much. There's there's so many things that are happening that factor into each other that it just has basically caused him to not um, not, bit play, not play at the level he did, I guess, the first half of last season. Um, sure, not having DeAndre Hopkins on the field has been an issue, right? Like, when, when Hopkins is lining up for, for the Cardinals, he changes how a defense plays his team and whether that's rolling coverage this way playing different schemes and that opens up the fields for everybody else they didn't what's happened or what happened in the first six weeks is that that kind of attention went to hollywood brown but he's just not and this is not a knock against hollywood brown because nobody would d- disagree with me but like he's not deandre hopkins there's very few people if any who are hopkins who can be that type of game changing player. So not having him on the field kind of really did affect this team. Now, mm-hmm. to, did it cause their issues? No, but not having him there, you know, kind of you know, close, shrunk his offense a little bit more. Um And like I said, you know, they've been trailing so often that they have had to, they couldn't really run the ball and they can't, this team, despite all the, you know, air raid um, talk around Cliff Kingsbury, he loves to run the ball because he knows that sets up the pass when you can't run the ball you're just teams know like Kyler even said it after Seattle game teams have figured this out like they will drop back into a soft coverage and make them throw because they know they can't run the ball so it's not something that necessarily he's doing it's kind of all these other factors that have gone into this offense struggling that he's now playing from behind all the time and he can't really get into that rhythm this offense can't get into that rhythm and you know but the thing is like when when they do get up tempo and we do see it like they're moving the ball down the field and three four plays they're you know they're getting close to scoring so you know it's there it's just for some reason it's not happening a lot and Kyler isn't playing at that level that he can we know he can play at
1: all of these things that you're saying are like triggering me from moments earlier in our season because we've been through the injuries we've been through the slow starts, not being able to find that offensive rhythm it has seemed over the last couple weeks that they've started to find something offensively but dealing with the quarterback injuries, not having a star player like Michael Thomas on the field definitely mm-hmm. affects things. So I hear you. I feel the pain. That's for sure. You mentioned the run game, Kyler Murray. He leads the team in rushing 223 yards total. I don't think it's ideal when your quarterback is your leading rusher.
0: Uh, you are not incorrect on that. <laughs> is not good when your quarterback is your leading rusher. Um, I think part of that is because James Conner, their you know, RB1 has been injured the last few games, the last couple of games. So he hasn't been on the field to get those. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. My computer, sorry. My computer might restart. You're fine. It looks like it's going to update any minute now. So if that happens, I am so sorry. Okay. Um,
1: it's okay. This all is right, is I'm just going to...
0: Okay, are you, so I'm just going to talk until – if I'm you don't hear me anymore, that means my – like, literally, like, I, my screen's, like, black right now because it's going to update. So, I'm just going to keep talking, and then okay. if I lose you, then we can just reconvene later if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, three, two, one. James Conner just hasn't been on the field the last couple of games because of injury, so he hasn't had that opportunity to, to run the ball. So, and the other problem is, like, you know, Kyler is so dynamic and he can get such huge chunks on the ground that – even if the Cardinals do commit to the run, he can break a run for 45-50 yards just like that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he's your second leading rusher for the game. You know, that type of thing. But no, you're right. A team, any team, including the Cardinals, do not want your quarterback to be your leading rusher. Something is not right. And obviously, that's part of the Cardinals' problems at the moment. You know, you you don't want to have to commit to or, or rely on Kyler Murray's legs. You know, a couple of years ago, the narrative was always his legs are luxury. We don't want to take advantage of that. Well, They've kind of gone, maybe not overboard, but they've really, really tried to adhere to that. And now the problem is, is that they need his legs. They Mm -hmm. need him to get going earlier in games. He can, he can single-handedly change how a defense plays the Cardinals. And by doing, you know, to do that, he needs to get out, make some, you know, make some runs, make some plays, scramble, do whatever he does. The Cardinals just don't necessarily want that to happen. So it's they're kind of in a catch twenty-two.
1: Yeah. With the addition of uh, D Hop back, he's been able to be around the team since the end of week three. He at least used the facilities. How much do you think he's going to be used in this game? How comfortable is he going to be with the offense?
0: Well, it's up to him. He'll be used every play. Um, <laughs> apparently, Cliff, Cliff King's bringing him, sat down, like, talk about everything. Cliff brought up the idea of putting him on like a snap count and he rolled his eyes at Cliff and was like, no, I'm good. I'll play. So from that standpoint, I expect him to be out there a ton. Um, You know, the one thing that Kyler Murray pointed out to to us when he talked to the media on Tuesday was that when they played their first game ever together, which was week one of the 2020 season, they really had did not have a relationship on the field at that point. They didn't really spend a lot of time together during training camp and mini camp and OTAs. Well, obviously not many or OTAs because of, that was the COVID year. Um, and they didn't really get a ton of time on task as Cliff Kingsbury likes to call it during training camp. And Kyler said when they went out week one that year, they just, it literally felt like they had been playing together forever. So will we see that again? We might. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, and it's kind of one of those like, let's, let's, let's just sit back and grab our popcorn and grab our beer or our soda for you, the young listeners. And let's just watch this happen because it could be really interesting and it could be pretty exciting, but I do expect them to get him involved early, or at least try to. Now, on the flip side of that, you know the Saints are going to try to game plan uh, you know, around uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. To me, the most intriguing part of uh, Hopkins' return is the fact that Cliff Kingsbury has talked repeatedly about trying to move him around the field. Well, if they do that, that's going to be to the Cardinals' advantage quite a bit because the Saints won't have any game film on how to study that. Sure. Because since DeHop's been with the Cardinals, he's been he's lined up wide left i think it's like 82 or 83 percent of the snaps so everyone knows what he can do when he's in that position but if he's moving into the slot if he's moved to the right side if he's in motion whatever it is teams might not be prepared for that so that could be one way that the cardinals can take advantage of uh, hopkins return this year
1: you mentioned the connection between murray and hopkins kyler murray is eight and two with hopkins in the game Mm -hmm. he's three and seven without him so definitely a lot better when they're on the field together, kind of moving things on to the defensive side of the ball. You said that that's been an area that's done pretty well. They have allowed, we said, twenty three point seven points per game, one hundred and three rushing yards. So much better in the rush defense than in, in their pass defense. But what has been working on that side? Um,
0: that's a good question because it seems like a little bit of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like. They have not allowed a 100-yard rusher this this season, which is pretty good through six weeks. They The closest they came was last week in Seattle. They gave up 97 yards on the ground to a guy. Before that, they had not had a, a running back reach 70 yards. So the run game, the run defense has been pretty stellar. And it it, it hasn't seen – I have to go back and break down all the numbers on, on a deeper level, but to me it hasn't really seemed like they've allowed a team's Top receiver to burn them, and mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with Byron Murphy. Uh, he's a cornerback for the Cardinals. He's so far, I think he's been playing at a Pro Bowl level. He's been playing fantastic. Um, but you know, they have they do have a lot of talent on this defense. You know, you start in the middle. You have the two back to back first round picks in Davin Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Collins is more of a traditional inside linebacker. Collins and Simmons is he does play some inside linebacker, but he plays a little safety, plays a little outside linebacker. He's all over the field to me the strength of this team is up front. This defensive line to me is very good this year. Maybe one of the better ones I've seen in the 10 years of, or 11 years I've covered this team. Starting with you know JJ Watt can put in some some quality snaps. You have guys like you know Zach Allen, Richard Lawrence, Lucky like to. Guys that can get some significant push up front and that changes everything because when the Cardinals didn't re-sign Chandler Jones this offseason he end up going to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders in free agency, Mm -hmm. they lost a major piece of their pass rush. So now they're getting a lot of that push up front, which obviously causes the quarterback to move one way or the other. And then the pass rush kind of kicks in from there. Um, Like I pointed out before, Byron Murphy's playing fantastic. And on the back end, you have a very veteran group of uh, safeties led by Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson. He's a great story, undrafted guy. Actually, I take it back. He was drafted in the compensatory draft. And he got a, uh, a mega extension this year. Then you guys, you know, guys, like guys who have been around, uh, Chris Banjo, um, uh, Charles Washington, guys have seen a lot. Invin, uh, not Vince, Vance Joseph, the Cardinals defensive coordinator, loves to blitz. And they, I think they have the highest blitz rate in the NFL at the moment. So they're going to bring a ton of pressure to whoever they're playing. And get, You know, once you can get some pressure up front and then you blitz, it makes it tough for a quarterback to make something happen.
1: Um yeah, I would definitely say so. Especially JJ Watt leads the team with two and a half sacks. So kicking game. Matt Prater. <laughs> why are we laughing?
0: Why are we laughing? Because it's uh it's been a very interesting couple of weeks in the Cardinals kicking game. Continue your question. I apologize.
1: <laughs> what are you guys going to do for this Thursday night game?
0: They have signed Rodrigo Blankenship. He was he's a former Georgia kicker. So um, all your fans in SEC country are probably very familiar with him. Um, he kicked for the Colts. He got released earlier this year. So what happened? You know, Matt Prater experienced some hip pain. They did not play him, or they they you knew he couldn't play, so they went and uh, they signed Matt Amendola and he missed a potential game guy game time kick two weeks ago against the Eagles, and then missed an extra point this past week. Um Seattle. But the more telling part was that Cliff Kingsbury chose to go for it on fourth and short, three mm. times deep in Seattle territory instead of taking the points. Because what it boils down to is he was not confident in Amendola. And the Cardinals have had that. I mean, they could have they could have tied that game, they could have won that game on, on Saturday, on Sunday last week. They could have tied the game late against the Eagles. So, they've had two opportunities to possibly take wins away from pretty quality teams, I guess, and the kicking game cost them. So, it's been an issue. That Prater will be a game time decision. They'll work him out tomorrow um, on Thursday before the game. Uh, But my guess is, you know, Rodrigo will probably get the kicking duties. I could be wrong, but that's kind of where I'm leaning right now.
1: Okay. So, Prater is not going to be, probably not going to be healthy yet
0: probably i would be surprised if they if they rush him back for this game considering you still have you know 10 games after this i think they know how crucial he is to this team Mm -hmm. and what he can you know how important he is to win. so i'd be surprised if he played but you never know
1: yeah it's always dicey with short weeks too a lot of people i think tend to lean um on the side of caution and not rush people back for a short week uh even though the season has gone the way that it has so far for both of us, really both teams coming into this game are still just one game back in their division. I mean, it's a log jam at the top of your division. It doesn't seem like anybody really wants it this year in the NFC West or the NFC South. How close do you think the cards are to moving up? Or do you think they're, they're going to kind of be hanging out, Behind San Francisco, the Rams, the Seahawks all season,
0: that is a fantastic question um hmm. I guess do uh, you think
1: that these issues that we've talked about are going to get worked out soon enough?
0: yeah, that if I had the answer to that, I'd be probably driving to Las Vegas right now and putting. <laughs> A ton of money on the table. Um, I think they will eventually figure some of the issues out. I don't know if they will get all their issues figured out. Cliff Kingsbury seems to think that this year will be the opposite of last year. So for people who aren't familiar, what happened last year was that the Cardinals started 7-0. and And this is an interesting stat. DeAndre Hopkins did not have a 100-yard game during that winning streak. Hmm. Which is pretty wild. And the one thing that he pointed out this week was that that he, people thought he was having a down year. And to him, he was like, No, I wasn't having a down year. I was getting people other people open. This is a total aside, but something I felt interesting. Yeah. I found interesting. So they start 7-0 last year and then they go into an utter tailspin. And they were, I mean, they were the number one seed in the NFC for weeks. Um and then they go into the tailspin. And they end up barely making the playoffs as a road wildcard team and get blown out on Monday Night Football in the wildcard game against the Rams. Cliff Kingsbury seems to think the opposite is going to happen this year, that they are going to start poorly, have that tailspin early, and then climb back up the mountain and reach the mountaintop at the end of the season. Um, And they're in a position which is wild to think about at two and four they can still pull that off, right? Right. Like you go on, you go on a quick little run, maybe when, you know, a couple in a row, two of three, three of four, all of a sudden you might be sitting in first place in the West and no team in the West has really kind of established themselves. as like, yeah, this is the best team going through some stuff. Like every team has issues. Like Seattle, we don't really know what Seattle is. San Francisco, Jimmy G comes in to be the kind of the hero Mm -hmm. and that's not exactly playing out. And then L. A. Like they are still Super Bowl champs, and they have the, probably the best play in football in Aaron Donald, great offense, but they're not looking like the team they could they were a year ago. So nobody is playing to the expectation. Which should we lower our expectations? Possibly, but I don't, It's just like it's it, like you said, it's still up in the air. Do I think the Cardinals can do it? I I don't know. I honestly, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning towards, I don't think so simply because of all the issues they have had so far. I don't know if if they're fixable enough to get them going. I do think they will go on a run at some point, but I just don't know if it's going to be enough to kind of push them into the playoffs.
1: Right. So everybody else in the division is three and three. So no one's run away with it yet. Makes things interesting, at least, um, despite being two and four, which is where the saints really sit as well. There is one thing though, that I have to bring up. And my mother, would chime in right now and say, well, they're due for that to change because you've lost, not you, well, the Cards have lost eight games in a row at home. Do you yes. think there's anything to that? Why is that continued, that streak continued?
0: Um. Well, let's call Miss Summers and get her on the phone. Yeah, yeah and she's really all, she loves, she's like,
1: oh probability this and yeah
0: (laughs) in theory she's not wrong right like like she's right like at some point something's gonna have to give but the problem is that nobody has given us the media an answer and we have asked and asked and asked we don't really know why they don't play well at home they Mm -hmm. were playing they played really 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 well at home early in the season last year and they had the loss to the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night football at home, and then everything changed, right? And I've had guys tell me, like, in theory, we should be crushing at home because you don't have all the um extras of a road trip. You don't right. have to take a flight anywhere. There's no bus ride. There's no hotel. Like, you're sleeping in your own house. I guess there is a hotel room the night before, but, like, everything's comfortable. Like, you're mm-hmm. familiar, and they just can't do it. Um, Cliff Kingsbury has, you know, he has a theory. Last year he had, one of his theories was that maybe this team has kind of a bunker mentality when they're on the road, like, you know, it's us against them, yeah. we're doing this together, you know. That they're could be something.
1: Yes, yeah, just Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So I, I just I I don't have that answer because it doesn't seem anybody it's like anybody has that answer. And they just they can't get going, right? I mean, like you would think with I think this could be a little bit of a factor, I guess now that I think about it. Arizona is a very odd sports state and obviously Phoenix being the biggest city is a very weird sports city. It's very transient here. Not a ton of people comparatively are from here, which means the Cardinal aren't necessarily everyone's favorite team. They might be your second favorite or their third favorite. So when other teams come to town, there are, I mean, Arizona's a big destination for people, basically, like, you take the Mississippi, like, west of the Mississippi, so, like, Illinois, Nebraska, like, Wisconsin, like, it's the east Mississippi, but, like, you know, upper Midwest, mm-hmm. a lot of people come here, so, when teams like, you know, even the Steelers are the big national teams from, like, the 70s, the Steelers, Cowboys, even, like, the Chiefs, the Packers, like, when when these teams travel here, uh, the Eagles there are a lot of fans in the stands, like, they are, there are a lot of fans from the other teams in the stands, and, Players for years, coaches for years have gotten upset because they don't understand why fans sell their tickets. Well, when they're getting offered the same amount of money their season tickets cost and they can pay them off, like it's common sense for a lot of average Joes. So, um, but that's a factor too. Like there's like, it's not necessarily a real true home game like it would be in the Superdome. It is kind of a mix sometimes, you know, like Mm -hmm. there were a lot of green jerseys in the crowd two weeks ago against the Eagles. So that could be a factor, um maybe they just are just kind of distracted by what's going on around them at home you know they have their families around them all you know it's just there's just it could be so many different issues but there's no true like this is what's happening why you know and then we can sure. go ahead and fix it miss summers though might be onto something it could be a you know love <laughs> averages like this could be the week that everything corrects itself we'll see i know
1: it's gonna be all my fault if that's what happens too so it's
0: gonna be her fault actually yeah. i don't want to blame her though
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate the time I've kept you so long, and you've been very insightful on the team. I'm looking for a good matchup, obviously, a Saints win, but, you know, we can disagree on that if you want. But again, I appreciate you,
0: yeah. thanks for having me. It's, you know what's gonna be really interesting about this game is, you know, look who's out for the Saints, right? Like all yeah. those big names, like to me, that's going to be, that's going to decide this game. If the, but here's here's the other thing about this Cardinals team, which people should know is like when games they should win like this have not gone well for them in the past. If what game was There's a game was it last year or this year? I think it was last year. Got I forgot which game it was, but some team that was missing like three offensive linemen took oh, it was the Colts game on Christmas Day. Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's one of those two the Colts were down like three starting offensive linemen because of COVID and the Cardinals in theory should have just dominated the front and they got beat. So every time you think the Cardinals should win, something happens and they don't. So if I'm a Saints fan, I'm not like totally bugging out about having, not having these guys, but at the same time, I think that could totally be the factor in this game.
1: Well, we're, we're going to find out pretty soon here. And hopefully it's going to be entertaining.
0: I think, well, it's either going to be really entertaining or it's going to be a Thursday, Thursday night game that puts everybody. In
1: the no, seat. we don't want a third <laughs> Thursday game like that. At least we can agree <laughs> on that.
0: <laughs> that is true. We can agree on that. I. It would be, I do not want a 12-9 or, you know, 9-6 game. That would, be, that would be brutal.
1: Right, exactly. Well, I look forward to seeing you at the game and I appreciate you again coming on the podcast with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate Josh joining me. As alluded to in the conversation, the Saints will be without a few key players. Wide receivers Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, guard Andrus Peat, tight end Adam Troutman, and cornerback Marshawn Lattimore tonight. Guard Calvin Throckmorton, cornerback Paulson Adebo, wide receiver Keith Kirkwood, and defensive end Peyton Turner are all listed as questionable. Head coach Dennis Allen would not name the starting quarterback. However, Andy Dalton was elevated to a full participant in Wednesday's practice. Jameis Winston remained limited. Both are active for tonight's game. We don't have to wait long to see how this one pans out. Tune in to the pregame show at 6.15 and postgame, both on NewOrleansSaints.com and any of our social media platforms. Enjoy the game.
0: Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.